Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goldsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Continuing on as we get into hour number two of the program. My name is Matt Pauley. As always, I'd love to talk with you. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. You can also text that number. 314-436-7900. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T. P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. So I thought long and hard about whether or not I was going to bring this up because I have always kind of made it a standard of my own that I don't criticize other broadcasters. Like I think we're all kind of in this thing together. We're all doing things our way. My way is different than somebody else's way. You as the listener, you as the viewer get to choose what you like, what you don't like. And we're all just going to kind of keep doing, doing things where I'll make an exception is when the content of something is detrimental to something that I love. And with all due respect to the ESPN broadcast, and I'm not an anti-ESPN guy at all. I think most of the people who work at ESPN are very talented people. They're there for, for a reason. I like the vast majority of ESPN broadcasts that I, that I watch, almost no matter what the sport is. But I was incredibly frustrated. And I, 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 I'm not trying to be salacious or over the top when I say this. I think the broadcast yesterday for the Cardinals-Cubs game in London on ESPN, I think it was bad for baseball. I think it was bad for baseball. If I was Rob Manfred, if I was anybody leading the way in Major League Baseball, and I know the direction that the sport is going and the way I want the sport to be presented, I would have been livid listening to some of the things that were being said on the broadcast yesterday. I um I deal with a lot with people calling in because we're in a really weird time of baseball where the game is changing. The game is changing, and more so than the game being changing, we are able to analyze the game more, and the data tells us the best way to play the game in order to have the most success, in order to win the most amount of games. The biggest problem with that right now is to be very blunt about it. The the data that is going to show you how to play the game to win the most amount of games 
that is not the most entertaining style of baseball. So then there are people out there who don't like the the aesthetics of the way the game is being played today, and they automatically turn that into, well, the game's not being played well. You need to go back to small ball. You need to go back to bunting. You need to go back to doing all these things that you did before. People want to see more of that because it was more entertaining. It was more fun to watch. There was more action involved with it, and I understand that. I understand that baseball is a more entertaining sport, but baseball managers, baseball general managers, baseball president of baseball operations, their jobs is not are, are not to go create the most entertaining style of baseball. Their job is to go out and provide the most wins that you can possibly come up with. And that's something that needs to be understood a little bit more from a certain contingent of the fan base. And there's people right now listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth that just thinks it's complete nonsense and I have no clue what I'm talking about. And you can have that belief. You can. You're wrong, but you can have that belief. When when I listen to um, a broadcaster who hit a lot of home runs in his career, Talk about he never were he 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 doesn't launch angle isn't a thing like that's one of those that's one of those keywords that gets people upset launch angle what is what is launching we never heard about launch angle anymore and the thing that needs to be understood about launch angle launch angle is a result launch angle is not something that is taught there's a lot of things that are taught when it comes to how to swing a baseball bat. And the approach to to hitting. Launch angle is a result of that. And we now are able to quantify it where we couldn't quantify it before. People who are anti-launch angle are uh, don't understand it. I, I Because all it is, it's very simple. If you pound the ball into the ground, pretty good chance it's going to be an out. If you pop the ball up, Pretty good chance it's going to be an out. You want the bat coming, you want the ball coming off the bat at a certain angle to be able to most probably come up with a hit to be able to drive the ball. Launch angle isn't being taught there. It was said on the broadcast yesterday well, hitting coaches are teaching launch angle. No, they are not. No hitting coach teaches launch angle. Launch angle is a result of a swing that is correct, that is appropriate, that is successful, that is powerful, all good things. Launch angle is a result. And then I, I hear it all the time from people, and you, you've probably heard me say it. So somebody will call up to this show or the post-game show, and they'll say, well, we don't like the fact that the Cardinals are making all their decisions based off analytics. Based off analytics, that's what they'll say. And very often, my response to those people are, well, what organization that is successful would you like the Cardinals to more be like? And a lot of times there's no answer. And that's okay. You know what? That's okay. Like, it's kind of a gotcha moment when somebody calls and does that. I'll be honest. I do kind of use it as a gotcha thing. But at the same time, 
I understand. There are a lot of people out there who are Cardinals fans and don't give a rip about any other team in Major League Baseball. Don't give a rip about the way any other team is playing baseball, who they're going to call up and say that to me, but they're not going to be able to say, well, I like the way this team does things. Like I get it. I understand. So I, I admit, I, when, when I ask you that question, I, I'm trying to get, kind of get you in that gotcha situation, but I also understand why you can't answer that question. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with just being a Cardinals fan. Okay? I don't, I don't have a problem with that. There's a lot of people like that. Most people are probably like that. But when I hear the broadcast yesterday talk about the Tampa Bay Rays as being a team that does it the old school way, about the Tampa Bay Rays being a team that's, you know, trying to maybe play small ball and things like that. No, they're not. No, they're not. And that's what's frustrating. There is no organization out there that is more forward thinking than, than the Tampa Bay Rays. So I just, I get frustrated because something I try to do, and I, I don't know if I'm successful at it or not, but something that's very important to me is using this platform that I have to just kind of, I don't want to say educate because that I, I feel like I'm being dismissive towards you. You don't need education. You're, you're, you're great baseball fans. But to at least enlighten when as the game is changing, as the game is being evaluated in different ways, it's very important to me that I can help facilitate the uh, the full understanding of what's going on. Again, I'll go back to Launch Angle. Everybody should be a fan of Launch Angle for the exact reason that if you get under a ball and you pop it up, that's Launch Angle. If you hit the ball straight into the ground and it's a ground out, that's launch angle. If you hit the ball right on the screws and it goes over the head of the second baseman and gets down in the gap and you're chugging into second, maybe you're going to get into third with a double or a triple, that's launch angle. Stan Musial, Mickey Mantle, Ted Williams, whoever, the greatest of the greatest uh, hitters of all time were most successful when the ball had the correct launch angle coming off their bat. They maybe didn't have the computers. They didn't have the data. They didn't have 9 million cameras in every single major league stadium. So they weren't able to quantify it. The term launch angle wasn't being used, but the theory of launch angle was being used. There's nothing wrong with talking launch angle. And people get so stuck on not liking the way the game of baseball looks right now that they listen to the words that are being used. The words that are being used are a little bit different than before, so they associate those two things together where they are completely, completely separate. And I think it is the job of people who are broadcasting the games of baseball to more appropriately explain the way the game of baseball is being played and why decisions are being made. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. Let's go to Ed. Ed, welcome on to Sports Open Line. Yeah, thank you very much. You know, I'm not I'm not smart enough to really follow all of this. Uh, give me that. Uh, but what 
what, what, what I think confuses people is baseball is in a state of change right now. And the factors that are somewhat fighting against each other is marketing. In other words, marketing is a whole world different from analytics and playing the game. And, and I think some of the frustration is comes through in the game itself and in how it's covered because those two things are butting heads. Uh, can you share a little more on that? Um, so wh- can you give me an example of the marketing that you're speaking of that kind of goes against it? I just want to make sure I, I know where you're coming from. Sure, sure. I'm not sure it goes against the uh, the health of the, of the game, but it seems like too many things are, are being added and layered on that take a little bit away from the play the play on on the field um uh signage you know all all kinds of things uh multiple commercial just a, a lot of uh stuff thrown at us is what i'm saying okay and that's somewhat through uh, the uh announcers do some of that others are cutaways um so i just think that that is somewhat a little bit confusing to people and may lead to some of their frustration yeah i'd appreciate it um I don't know. That's a. I, I, I want to think about it a little bit. I, I appreciate that call. I appreciate that question. Is the way the game is being presented, from even from a commercial standpoint, impacting, taking away from the game? Hmm. I do. I do think Major League Baseball has like this internal battle right now. Like the the whole. Uh, we talked about this with Scott Miller the other day. The let the kids play thing, where you're promoting. Uh, what some of these young, exciting players are doing on the field that's really fun. And then in some ways you are kind of going against that or not allowing that. I I do think, I do think the rule changes have helped with this. I think the rule changes, especially not having uh, the shift where you have to have the two fielders on each side of second, I think that's resulted in more ground balls that have gotten through. I think that's resulted in more action. Uh, any way you can promote the game. That's the, you know what? Here's the thing. You shouldn't care. You shouldn't care about launch angle. You shouldn't care about data. You shouldn't care about analytics. You shouldn't care about all these things because it's really, it's not, it's the game is still the game. So what, what baseball needs to do is create an environment where the greatest stars can perform at their personal highest level levels and everybody can collectively say wow did you see that oh my gosh i can't believe that throw was made i can't believe that he ran home to third in seven seconds or whatever it is like i can't believe these things are happening and at times because the data tells you to play the game in a little bit of a different way we don't see that as much, and that's baseball's internal struggle. It's a lot more exciting to see doubles and triples than it is to see home runs and strikeouts. Home runs are exciting, but you know what? A, a, a double or a triple where there's going to be a play at the bag, that's probably more exciting than a home run. A, a throw, uh, An outfielder going to the wall and bringing a home run back in, that's probably more exciting than a home run. A play at the plate on just an absolute laser thrown from the outfield, that's more exciting. And sometimes 
because we're stuck in still the three true outcomes of home run, strikeout, walk, because teams are not stringing hits together, we don't get the opportunity to see these very athletic, these very talented stars doing amazing things. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me as well, at Matt Pauley on air. When we return, we're going to hear from Tamar Share, Channel 4 sports uh, reporter, sports anchor. She joins us in just a moment as we continue on with the program right here on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. I'm Wilson Contreras, San Luis Cardinals catcher, and you're listening to the voice of Cardinals KMOX. A great bar sports open line does continue right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. We'll have some more time for some phone calls in just a little while. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you uh, text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. If you do, you don't have to even follow me on Twitter. You can just tweet at me. Uh, always enjoy continuing the uh, conversation beyond these two hours for Sports Open Line or beyond uh, the post-game show that we do. Uh, uh, so this is what I do a lot when I get home. It's really important to me that – I have a really good like understanding of where the where fans are coming from, and I know if you listen on KMOX, if you listen on Cardinal Radio Network, you might be a different demographic, different something. You, you might fall into one category that might lend you to believing one sort of thing, but there might be just as many people who hang out in a different area who believe something else. Like I. Um, our good friend Brendan Schaefer, who writes for KMOV.com, he does his uh, nightly YouTube videos, and he has a lot of people who interact with him on that. And I can't tell you that how often the uh, comments he's getting and things like that are different than what I may have gotten during the postgame show. So a lot of times I sit and I'll, I'll go listen to the uh, the archive of his thing just because I want to hear what people are saying about, uh, about the Cardinals. So, yeah, if you ever want to continue the conversation with me, you can do so on Twitter, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. You just might end up getting a tweet from me at like 3 o'clock in the morning. All right, uh, right now let's go to the uh, Quiver River Electric guest line. We're very happy to be able to uh, welcome on to the program. You see her on Channel 4, KMOV. She is a sports anchor, a sports reporter. You follow her on Twitter at Tamar underscore share. 
T-A-M-A-R underscore S-H-E-R. Tamar joins us right now on the program. Hey, Tamar, thanks for taking some time with us today. How are you? Hey, Matt. Good. How are you doing? I miss seeing you in the clubhouse. Yeah, we'll see each other here, uh, I guess, uh, starting this week with the team coming back to town. I wanted to ask you, it's it's an off day, so sometimes kind of crazy stories become the top stories, but the top story sports-wise in St. Louis has become Adam Wainwright deactivating his Twitter account, confirming that it's because of some of the stuff that's been said to him on there after him not pitching well so Saturday. What's your general takeaway of this whole situation? Right. Well, it's sad, first of all, because Adam Wainwright is such a staple in this community. He is one of the guys who interacts the most with fans, if not the most active in the entire sports scene in St. Louis. And what he brings to this clubhouse and what we've said all season is positive leadership. No matter what he does, I know he did not have a good game on Saturday, and we understand that's where those comments were coming from. But he still brings that leadership edge that the Cardinals desperately need. That was Yachty last year, now Wayno. And, and it sucks that we are gotten, getting to this point. We're seeing him starting to lose some of that confidence and wanting to shut off his Twitter. And hopefully that means that doesn't mean he lost his confidence, but that is what we can only hope at this time because it's sad when you do see a player reacting in such a way because of those harsh comments. This social media culture we live in, I mean, people say stuff to me on social media that they would never say in real life. As a woman, I am sure you hear some stuff and see some stuff that uh, is just horrendous. Like, people are anonymous behind these Twitter accounts, and they just feel like they can go say anything. It's very frustrating. Right, and I think at the end of the day, we're all human, and that's what everyone's saying. I know there were multiple people after the fact that came out and said, reporters especially, that when they confirmed that he deactivated his Twitter because of these comments, it's so disheartening to see because you don't want someone like Wayno to lose that confidence that we've built up over these years of seeing him be such a superstar for us. So now when he's down, you kick him. Um, that's, that's what's challenging is trying to make sure that that doesn't seep in because these guys are humans at the end of the day, and we want to make sure, yeah, they are players. They, we have high expectations in Cardinals Nation, but this is a guy who has done such great things for the Cardinals organization, and we want to make sure that social media isn't digging in too deep into that. Their overall road trip is all right. Then they, they split the two games uh, in London against the Cubs. The Saturday game was ugly, so that kind of maybe blemishes the fact that they get out of there with a split, which is fine. But where's your overall level of confidence that there is enough time left in the season for them to overcome what has been just such a horrendous start and find a way to get back to the top of the division? You know, it's hard to say because there hasn't been consistency. So it's challenging for me to answer that question only because I don't know where they stand and what they're able to do. Ollie's saying after the game yesterday, a great overall win that they did have the grit to come back being down 4-0 after the first. So they do have that in them, but there needs to be some consistency in that to be able to see if they're able to surge in the second half of this season. We do have positive storylines in Jordan Walker's hitting streak. We have positive storylines in what we saw from Contreras yesterday against his former team when he has that energy, seeing what he can do and being the guy that we did bring on to to the team, to the clubhouse. So it's interesting to note at this point what 
you think is going to happen down the road, but there needs to be consistency before I'm able to answer that question of if they're able to pull it out. Because if they can do what they did yesterday and fight back, that's what we want to see as Cardinals Nation and see what they're able to do moving forward. Yeah, and I think the two people you mentioned are really key because Jordan Walker is a young guy who obviously has all the talent in the world, and then Wilson Contreras, who uh, we spent all offseason talking about what he was going to be able to bring to the team and, and you know add to the depth of the lineup and the added production from the catcher spot. If those two guys can keep doing what they've been doing recently and you get right. some level of production from Goldschmidt and Arenado and guys like that, it, it feels like that's the recipe for this team to be a lot more consistent from an offensive standpoint at least right and they have the pieces how are they going to use them like you just mentioned Goldschmidt Arenado you have Contreras you have a star rookie who has the longest active hitting streak in the majors right now and he is in his first season so there are so many positive pieces that need to be strung together there needs to be good consistent pitching and the bats need to be hot, as we've seen, and be hot on a consistent basis. That's what Ollie said after the game yesterday as well. So having those pieces, there are some good chances for this, but there needs to be some consistent flow within that clubhouse. And hopefully, you know, there's going to be a tough stretch the next couple of weeks, uh, but, but they do hope that this starts trending upward and hopefully using that momentum, as we've been saying. Yeah. Uh, from yesterday's game that's kind of been the consistent storyline. I don't know about you, but I I just think that these next six games at home against the Astros and the Yankees, it just feels like they've been – on this precipice or, or whatever you want to call it where, uh, you know, they haven't completely fallen out of it, but they haven't been able to surge forward. And if they, if they were to go two and four or something in these six games at home, maybe, maybe that's the moment where you feel like it's just not going to happen. It really feels like, at least to me, uh, do you agree? It just feels like these next six games are huge. Right. How many times can we say, you need the grit, you need the ability to push forward, power through these tough moments and you don't have to win every single game, but that's kind of where we feel we're at right now when we're watching this team is that if there's a slip up in any part that things trickle off. And, and I think grit is the main thing that they're going to have to need to have when they're going on this stretch. So it's hard for me to say, but you're absolutely right. This is an important week and this is going to be the tough test. There was a tough test in London, and it's going to be an even tougher test when they face these really good organizations. We're talking with uh, Tamar Scher, uh, sports reporter, sports anchor, Channel 4 KMOV. Before I get out of here, just a, a couple things on uh, City SC. They were really scuffling. They were really struggling, and then they come away. They go to a tough place to play. They find a way to get a win. It. Uh, we talk about character, a character win for the Cardinals on Sunday. Man, you talk about with a couple of their top players out, finding a way to win that game on Sunday. That was something. Day in, day out, they say next man up mentality. And it's so true. It's been that way all season. Adeniran getting the call on Thursday that he's going to be back up with City SC. And then he performs like he does two goals, his first two MLS goals. We saw that with Miggy. We saw that with Woodman stepping up when Klaus is out. So, that's what they're doing, and they're providing so much confidence in the city that this is a really powerful club uh, because they're able to have that next man up mentality. And I think cards and city can kind of rub off each other in this way because I think that's what you need, especially when you're down a bit, seeing who can fill that void. All right, so random, kind of a random thing to get you out of here. 
You've been, what, are you about, what, two, three months in? Am I getting yeah. that right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're getting that right. Uh, what's your favorite story you have covered since returning to St. Louis? Man, you hit me with the tough ones, yeah. Matt. Favorite story. I like finding the nuggets in in the community, in the local stories. So I think something, you know, diving from Cardinal City, I loved covering the past week these football camps. Luther Burden coming back to town, Marcus Golden, Mizzou Tigers giving back and making a difference for their community free of charge because they want to give back to St. Louis. And that's super special. You got the Demetrius Johnson Charitable Foundation, even after his passing, giving back to the community through his celebrity golf tournament. And who shows up for that? Brian Jordan shows up for that. So those type of stories, I can't, I don't have one, but that's, those are some stories that I've loved to tell so far. Just good people doing good for St. Louis. It's a great answer. She is uh, Tamar Share. You see her on Channel 4 KMOV. Follow her on Twitter at T-A-M-A-R underscore S-H-E-R. Tamar, thanks so much for the time. Uh, hopefully we'll see you this week out at the ballpark. See you this week, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. Tamar Share joining us here on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line via the Quiver River Electric guest line. All right, so watch. We're, we're Seems like the theme of today is potential changes in baseball. As the Cardinals just got done playing in London, Major League Baseball has made it very clear that they want to be in London. They want to be in Paris. They want to be in some some Asian countries. They they want to be all over the place. Could that impact the total number of games that are being played? Could there be a reduction coming from the current 162? We'll discuss that in just a moment. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goldsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back out of here on a Monday night. Cardinals return to action tomorrow. They open up a six-game homestand, three against the Astros, three against the Yankees. So some uh, good matchups coming up here over the next handful of days. 314-436-7900. That's how you call or text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Derek Gould uh, wrote about this in the uh, Post-Dispatch and STL Today. Again, I feel like we've spent so much of this show today kind of talking about the changes in baseball. But one of the other potential changes could be a schedule change in terms of number of games played. Now, baseball's got to figure out how many teams they're going to have, how divisions are going to stack up, what the format's going to be before they're not going to be reducing the games from 162 now when on the horizon you have the potential you know additional teams coming in because you need the number to work but that was a that was a tight schedule over even with the two off days in front of the games and the one day off after like when you're only playing two games over a 5 day period i think to some it might feel like there's all kinds of time but there really wasn't. And when you're going to go into these new markets the way baseball did, if you're going to try to showcase the game of baseball to people in London, you want as much time as possible to have events, have festivities, things like that. And we're only going to see more of this moving forward. In fact, Rob Manfred, baseball's commissioner, held a press conference while they were in London and 
he made it clear that they are going to continue to try to play games in other countries, uh, playing in Korea, Japan, Taiwan, uh, being specifically mentioned. There's also a Paris series that is possible for uh, for 2025. Now, part of the pro- – and we've seen the Field of Dreams game. The Cardinals are going to play in Birmingham, Alabama next year. We've seen games uh, in Mexico. We've seen games in Williamsport with the Little League World Series. Uh, th- there's a lot of different places where uh, where games have been played. Sometimes weather plays into this. So if, if they're going to play in London – if they're going to play in Paris, you need to play at a time of the year where the weather is going to cooperate with the possible playing of games. The last thing you want to do is have one of those games rained out. So that adds to the challenge. There have been times in the past where a team has opened up the season in an international location. So you're able to do that by just ending spring training a little early. You're starting your season before other teams are starting their seasons, and it makes sense, but that that doesn't make sense everywhere. And that's part of the issue here with how do you fit more of these international games into the 162-game schedule where there's also some guarantees built in for – uh, how many days in a row you're going to play and how many travel miles. There's, uh, it, It's all been collectively bargained, and that, that plays into this as well. So the idea, and interestingly enough, uh, Bill DeWitt Jr. has previously said that he would be in favor of a 154-game schedule. And this story that, um, that Derek Gould wrote at STL Today and in the uh, Post-Dispatch he quotes DeWitt from a February 2020 interview that he did with the Post-Dispatch where DeWitt says, quote, I personally am in favor of a shorter season regardless of what the playoff structure is. I think 162 games is a lot of games. I'm an advocate for going back to 154. It's a grind. There's a lot of travel, so I'm probably in the minority of that. But when I have an opportunity to speak up about it, I do speak up about it. I prefer a shorter schedule. Sidebar on this, by the way, the DeWitts always get accused of caring about nothing but money. Uh, If you shorten the schedule from 162 to 154, that is significantly less dates. Not significantly, but it's a handful. uh, It's four less home games that you get every year. That's going to uh, impact the financial bottom line on that. So, um, yeah, that's... I would have no problem with it going back to 154. It's It was 154 before. It's been 162 basically my entire life. I'm used to 162 uh, for sure. But if, if, if baseball is really all in on trying to do a better job of promoting Major League Baseball as an international game and the cost of doing that is a little bit of a shorter schedule, I'm okay with that. I also... I don't like the quirky stuff that's going on right now with the schedule. I don't like the fact that not every team plays on on the holidays. I've been on record on on saying this. Labor Day, 4th of July, Memorial Day, those are the summer holidays. Those are the holidays that all teams uh, need to be playing baseball. And just the way the schedule works – uh, and it's it's more complicated now because everybody's playing everybody. It just – it's not easy to make the schedule. I understand that. 
but there are some things that you need to do and you need to figure out, and I think that's one of it. When, when you have teams, and, and I don't really include what happened with the Cardinals not playing on a Friday in front of the London series, that's different, but you'll you'll have teams have a random Friday off. You'll have teams have a random Sunday off just because of the way the schedule is. they got to get away from that. So if a 154-game schedule creates a little bit more flexibility inside of the schedule where everybody's playing on holidays, everybody's playing on every Friday, every Saturday, every Sunday, if you're able to accomplish those things by going to 154 all while at the same time being able to promote the game in more countries, I'm good with that. I, I, I like the spotlight being on baseball. Now, we can argue how much of a spotlight was really on baseball. How many people in the country? I haven't seen any TV ratings. I'm sure they're out there. Uh, I haven't seen how many what the TV ratings look like for the London game yesterday. How many people were waking up at 9 a.m. to watch the game? How many people were in the East were waking up at 8 a.m. to watch that game? How many people remembered? You wake up on a Sunday morning, the the first thing you are not thinking about is, oh, I got to turn on the baseball game. If you were a Cardinals or a Cubs fan, it might have been. I'm sure there were a few more alarms that were set on Sunday morning. There might have been a few less people in the pews at church on uh, on Sunday morning when um, – uh, because they wanted to watch that game yesterday. That might have been a thing. But from a national standpoint, I don't think a lot of people really were taking notice of the fact that the Cardinals and Cubs were playing a London game at 9 o'clock in the morning central. Matt Pajeski, did you go to church on Sunday, or did you watch the uh, the Cardinals? Or neither? I did both. Really? Yeah. So what's so you, did you go to a late service, or did you go to an early service? I went to a... An eight thirty service. Okay, and then tuned into the game. So you caught the late. All right, fair enough. That 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 works. I I did not attend church on Sunday morning. Well, yep. I I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that. Did not uh, did not attend church. Went to the Muni on Saturday night. That was a late night. Didn't get home until after midnight. We have a four year old. Kept her out a lot later than we should have. We were not going to wake her up for church on Sunday morning. And I watched the baseball game, so it well, all worked out. That's your soul, not mine. Well said. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me if you'd like. At Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back. Wrap up this edition of the program. It is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley on KMOX. Starting to wrap up this edition of Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Just a few minutes left in the program. Sometimes I'll be talking about something and the phone lines will just explode. It's like, what did, what did I say? Obviously, scheduling and things like that is something that is near and dear to the hearts of uh, many people who are listening to the program. Let's grab uh, a few phone calls before we do call today. We'll start with uh, Chris. Hey, Chris, you're on Sports Open Line. Hey, good evening. How are you tonight? Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Hey, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, just I'm, I'm 54 years old and I've been a Cardinal fan all my life. And, you know, I, I know it's been a tough year this year. Uh, we've been spoiled by the last 20 years. Um, there's not a lot of teams that can make the playoffs every year or be close to making the playoffs every year. But with that said, I, I kind of want to look ahead a little bit. Um, I, I do think that the front office at the trade deadline, um, no matter what, or into the offseason, 
we've got three three of our starters that are free agents after this year are retiring: Wayne Wright, Montgomery, and Flaherty. Um, you, you've got a, a catcher in Herrera who I believe in the minors is out of options. Um, I, I think you need to bring up next year, uh, assuming everything goes oh well. Mason Wynn needs to be your shortstop next year. Um, I think Tommy Edmond needs to be your second baseman. You're taking a gold glove second baseman and putting him in center field. Not that he hasn't done an okay job, but, I mean, he's won a gold glove there for a reason. Uh, Brendan Donovan, who's playing outfield, he's a gold glove uh, utility infielder. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to also need to address at least one, if not two, outfielder spots. I think Jordan Walker, I, I think he just needs to play in the outfield. Um, you need to work with him. I understand he's DHing now. Um, and I think Gorman probably would be your DH. Um, you can obviously alternate as you give different guys days off. But moving ahead, I, I think that's a good core, depending on if you hold on to Goldsmith and Arenado and don't make any moves here at the deadline. But I think you're going to need at least two or three starting pitchers. Um, if not more, you're probably always going to need another bullpen arm or two. And then uh, I, I think you're going to need to make a decision with Carlson and O'Neill. Of, of what you're doing going forward. Anyway, I'll hang up and listen. Thanks for taking my call. You bet, Chris. Thanks for the call. Thank you for uh, listening. A lot was said there. I don't disagree with much of what you said. Uh, I do think they got to figure out the rotation and then they got to have some higher-end rotation guys for either to finish out this year or, or next year. If it just doesn't happen this year, if, if they just cannot gain ground. And these next six games are huge. They're eight and a half back right now. If the Reds continue to play good baseball and the Cardinals kind of muddle along during this Astros-Yankees series and all of a sudden they find themselves, say, 10 games back, at that point it's going to be very, very challenging. So they've got a lot. There's just so many pieces. Donovan can play all over and Edmund can play all over. Gorman has multiple places he can play that, in theory, it's good. But then all of a sudden you run into this thing that they've got where – What's the what's everybody's role? Where where do they fit in? What does who has everyday jobs and who's somebody that you're moving around a lot? Where it feels like Donovan's that guy you move around a lot, but Edmonds the guy that you would like to be able to put in in one spot. So that's a you said a lot. I'm running out of show, so that's kind of my quick response to it. Um, but yeah, they've got they've the fact that basically you listed about half the roster and. There's decisions to make in one direction or another. That kind of tells you the the where this team is at right now in terms of uh, some flexibility and some decisions that they can make. All right, that's it for the show. Cardinals baseball back tomorrow. Look forward to talking to you then from Bush Stadium. This has been Sports Open Line on KMOX. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.